Here on a special edition of Wired Up, Jerry Peralta here along with Josh Coleman. We got some Premier Lacrosse League to throw your way. Josh, the Premier Lacrosse season is over. Finally. Although it's a sad finally here. So sad. I mean, to look at, looking at this league coming in back in May, I think was when it was announced. I think so, yeah. Sounds Cause right. Because I, I remember May, I saw a job posting for them. It was, uh, you know, come work for us, do internship, uh, do video editing. You know, I, I actually was like read all the stuff. That's how I found out about it. I was like, all right, this seems interesting. And then I was I read more into it and I thought to myself, all right, this is going to be an interesting league. It's going to be it, it's going to be more fun to watch because n- not only do you have this going on in the summer, but you have the MLL, which is the outdoor lacrosse league going on at the same time. And really there has been no challenge or challenger to the MLL or the NLL. Now, now after this season has ended, do you think we are now going to start seeing more competition arise in leagues for uh, professional lacrosse? Um, Maybe not more leagues popping up. I think that right now the three that we have are probably going to be the most definite unless the indoor lacrosse players decide to revolt and kind of create their own league, which I don't see happening because they are a little bit more popular and get more people and get paid a little bit more. Yeah. But I do think that eventually it's going to come back down to two leagues because the MLL will not have the talent to support a league because most of their really, really good players have gone to the PLL. Well, and you say they're really good talent, but you look at guys in the MLL right now. John Grant Jr. came out of retirement to play one more season with the Outlaws. Um, ironically, that's really all I can think of at Rob the moment. Rob Purnell. Rob Purnell, yeah, he's still he's still in the MLL. And and Lyle Thompson. Those are yeah, the three yeah the other the of. other Thompson twin is in the MLL at the moment. And you bring those you bring up those guys, and then you look at the PLL. And it is much easier to name star players in the PLL than it is to the MLL. You have Matt Rambo, Paul Paul Rabel. I think is played in the league, and he's the founder of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Baptiste from DU, um, Connor Fields, Ben Reeves, Ben Reeves, the other Mike uh, Chan and Chuck, Lyles Thompson, Miles. Is it Miles? Yeah, Miles is in the PLL. Okay. Lyle is in the MLL. Okay, I, again, Thompson I twins. Get they get confusing. Anyway. And it's so interesting to see the MLL, which has been the predominant outdoor lacrosse league for professionals, kind of meet a challenger here because now you have the PLL and they're and in their tagline, you know, a game for the players, built by players. Mm-hmm. Paul Rabel, who plays in them, he is the the creator of this and decided, well, I'm gonna go against the norms here and not play in the MLL and decide well they're not going to pay me what I'm worth it or they're not going to pay me professional money because we discussed this on the last time we talked about the PLL uh, MLL players only get about eight grand yep I think that's in per game and and uh, yeah that adds up after a while but I I believe it's eight grand a season if it's a, okay if it's a season that would and that's why most of them have 
other jobs like some of them are teachers but a lot of them have second jobs that are day jobs and then they play in the mll as like a second side hustle kind of yeah you know that would make more sense because you see a lot of the professional coaches uh or professional players go to high school to coach lacrosse Vale, for instance i think a couple of the mammoth defenders and the outlaw an outlaw attacker they all coach Vale, so which is why Vale is such a prolific high school in Colorado for lacrosse. The PLL, though, and we mentioned, like I said, we mentioned this the last time we talked about them. They have they get paid thirty five grand a season. They get health benefits, and then they have the opportunity. They have the choice to invest in the comp in the league to help it grow and build it as obviously as a league to rival the MLL and that was, and that's smart. And like we said at the beginning, the seasons come to an end and championship weekend came this past weekend. Heartbreaker for me. You're sitting here smiling at me like, a. uh, I can't say it on go whips. <laughs> yeah. What a, it's been a fun postseason for the PLO. <laughs> it was like the most was- interesting, it was an interesting way to do it. Me and you had complaints about the playoff brackets, how it worked. But I think in the end, it played out really well. I think it did, too. Yeah, you had the uh, Redwoods versus the Whip Snakes in the championship. And that alone, what a crazy first championship ever. For a team like the Redwoods, they were last seeded in the tournament. They Obviously, nobody's going to predict they're going to go far. Uh you know they win, they win against the the number three seeded team. They go on and beat the number one seeded team who lost in their first round, and then they go into the championship, are down by seven, come back, sends the they take the lead, the Whip Snakes take it into overtime and they get the win. You know for a championship game, that's as exciting as you could get. I mean. It was an instant classic. Yeah, and I was speechless after it happened. Uh, I was watching it and just watching the whip snakes go up nine three, and then it was nine five, and then nine. And then the nine Redwoods seven just nine eight back nine in. nine just, ten nine eleven nine, and then the whip snakes bounced back and Matt Rambo, dude. Yeah, Matt Rambo, the league the league MVP. And championship and championship MVP. MVP, you know that guy. It's it's kind of fitting for him because mm-hmm. he he goes into Florida for a national title back in college. He loses both times in the national championship, and you know he finally came up with a way to win in Philadelphia. He's never won in Philadelphia nope. for a title, but he finally has one. And I mean, you you look at high caliber game or star caliber players you know matt rambo obviously lots of talent on him and even the other the defensive i think he was eric apple was defensive apple was he was defensive he was not he uh well he didn't win it but he was he he was was the runner up i think yeah Yeah, the runner-up garrett apple for defensive player of the year for the redwoods you know that's a great matchup for both teams, too. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that they didn't put Apple 
on Rambo at, in overtime. You would think that kind of play. That's who it was on. That's who it was? It I was Apple. It, I'm pretty sure it was somebody different. I'd mm. have, I'll have to go back and look. Cause Actually, I, it might have been Landis. I, think I always was, get the two confused. I think it was Landis because I think it was Matt Apple, Apple was on the right. opposite side, which throws me off. My but apologies, I mean, what Jerry. It, you are correct. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a fun game. They 12 to 11. For a championship game, People love to see close ones, except if you're in the NFL and it's a Super Bowl. You want to see high-scoring games that are still close, but higher scoring. But not the 13-9 to one we got this year? Yeah, not that one. <laughs> and as much people <laughs> in on that game. And you look at this, and the season's over. We now know who's going to get the first draft pick, which is going to be the – Archers. Archers, because the Archers went and slaughtered the Atlas 27 to 5. It was 27 to 9. 25 to 7. Okay, there you go. It's close enough. Just flip the last two flip numbers. Flip the You're last good. two You're numbers, good. yeah. I mean, so they're going to get the first draft pick, and I'm interested to see how the lineups are going to – how the picks are going to go. So if, if I'm thinking correctly, because I think me and you were talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Archers get the first round – pick the atlas will get the second round the chrome will get the third the chaos will get the fourth redwoods fifth uh, whip snake second just based on how both brackets kind of lay out Mm -hmm. and you know for those who are listening and they're wondering well why aren't we saying why isn't there no cities name city names or anything attached to these teams it's because the pll there's no teams there's no cities attached to these teams all these teams will go on the road they'll travel to all these different places and that's where and that's where they'll play mm-hmm. hence why philadelphia was the final location for the championship game and with the season come with the season come to an end and like i said we have our first round draft pick the question remains now where does the plo go from here i mean to start they they they're already on a good platform. They're on NBS NBC Sports, which is a lot easier to find mm-hmm. than if you're trying to watch ESPN three MLL lacrosse. You can if it's even on ESPN three. Yeah, one you know half of them just get streamed. I feel like, or they're on your local network. Yeah, most you, of them aren't on big name networks. Yeah, you just have to get lucky. So when you so you're already on a big company who who knows how to live stream sports. They they do it for football. They NBC does a lot of soccer. So you know, you add this other sport. So you get good viewership there. You're heavy into social media. So you build up a following, hence how I found them, social media. You find, you know, you get people interested. You you hold all these camps, you bring you bring young players in. You let the pros train, you know, teach them for for like a day, and then you let them go watch professional lacrosse. And then, and then you have championship games like this. You're, you know, they they were always consistently whenever they were going to new areas. I would see like on Facebook or Instagram. If you're a lacrosse coach in this area, reach out reach out to us. And you know that's pretty much all I would say. But you I mean you would think. Reach out to us and we'll give you like deals on tickets or we we want to offer you guys a chance to come to the camp for such and such amount. Which in reality is really smart. 
because you don't see a lot of professional mm-hmm. leagues doing this, if ever. It's not so much the league. I feel like it's individual players who run a lot of their own camps and like stuff for the kids, whether it's in the U.S. or around the country. Yeah. So well, it, or it's, the globe, it still sorry. still brings in a crowd. Mm-hmm. You still get people to come look and watch, and then you know they do, they have all this following. They kind of give you some numbers here, just on how big the league was back. Oh well, this is. Trying to think, NBC actually posted an article back in July of six, July sixteenth, kind of breaking down the records that this had been, that the PLL had pretty much broken. They they, they had the highest, view, most watched outdoor pro lacrosse game in history, and it was the Chaos Atlas game in week two, where the total audience for viewership on NBC and NBC Sports and the app, whatever, was in was 412,000. Now, that's numbers that, that's numbers almost akin to the NLL indoor, well, it's close to it, but it's not, it hadn't, didn't beat it, but it's the NLL indoor championship game between Toronto and Arizona back in 2005. That had a viewership of six six hundred eighty nine thousand, so you're putting up these kinds Damn. of numbers. And the last time so, that many people watched a lacrosse game, it was for indoor lacrosse, mm-hmm. and it was back in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Fourteen years ago was when that a viewership of a lacrosse game was that high, and you know they averaged about uh. For the you know the four hundred twelve thousand viewers for each week, then you would get the numbers kind of went up and down depending on the game. You know, mm-hmm. for Atlas and Whip Snakes, later on in week six, you know it had about sixty nine thousand viewers. But I mean, from the first telecast or first primetime game, which only had forty nine thousand, you know it jumps. It, it pretty much grows exponentially and you get that many many viewers and then at this at the stadiums you're averaging about 11,000 people at a stadium I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say you're doing pretty good for a for a lacrosse league that's just starting out and especially considering you know lacrosse is still considered one of the fastest growing sports mm-hmm. here in America and if you're looking at this, yeah, that's a good sign, it's especially you're you're tr- you're getting more eyes on the sport cuz again, you're on a platform where everybody's watching every somebody's watching NBC Sports for mm-hmm. something. Whether you're watching it for soccer, uh, football cuz I think M- cuz if I'm correct, NBC still does the Sunday night games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe so. I think they do some golf, they'll have horse races and whatnot. They do everything. They yeah. do everything on that on that you know, on the t- on the station and on mm-hmm. the app, so y- you get a lot of eyes on that. And for, and I'm now looking at the PLL's website and for their article because they were talking about I'm trying to find the exact numbers here. Oh yeah, and Red Bull at Red Bull Arena in New Jersey, you know, they had the highest seat count. 
or the highest total of the season for visitors, and that was it, oh, that was close to eleven thousand. It was ten thousand five hundred and seventy-two. So right there, you you're, you see a big you see a big following already, and this is only their first season. And mm-hmm. I believe when they were in New Jersey, that was early in the season, so like week four, week three, kind of. I think so. They were they were that was early on in the season because they started in the east coast yeah it was second week okay yeah so i was pretty close because they started all in the east coast then they went up to toronto came down to denver and then kind of traveled back east Mm -hmm. as the season ended and then obviously you'll end in philadelphia which is smart yeah and the only way you can (laughs) the best way to look at it is they'll have nowhere to go but up from here yeah absolutely they they had incredibly encouraging numbers. If you're just a lacrosse fan in general, this the PLL is going to get eyes on lacrosse, and it already is the fastest-growing sport in America. And I, I love it. I love to see it because I'm a huge lacrosse fan. I watch pretty much every college game that I can, and I followed this pretty much all season. Well, I did follow it all season. I couldn't catch every game, but... I loved watching it. It's super fast paced. It's fun if you don't. It's fun to watch if you don't necessarily know lacrosse as well. Um, I tend to like somewhat of a slower game, but I appreciate the what they did to make it more viewer friendly by taking out those ten yards on both sides of uh, the midline, and then they shorten the shot clock eight seconds. I'm s- it bothers me, just my OCD, that it's 52 seconds for a shot clock. Um, well, did you watch the All-Star game? The All-Star game was it was really OCD to watch that one. I couldn't. I, I tried to. Did you but see, I, like, the rules for mm-hmm. that one? And for, it was yeah, what was we're talking about is when the, obviously, as a professional sport, you're going to have an All-Star game. You bring mm-hmm. everybody together. Um, for the All-Star game, they did... Pickup. They did a pickup game. You had Trevor Baptiste as a captain. I forget who the other captain was. But how it worked was remember. each quarter was something different. Was so it the, Paul Rabel? I don't think it was Rabel. I think it was somebody else because I'm not. Was from, it Matt Rambo? I think it was Rambo. Yeah, but yeah, Trevor Baptiste's team won the won the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. But how it worked was in quarter one, it was normal across. Quarter two, you play it like basketball. So if the goal is scored, the ball is taken out, taken to the end behind the goalie's box, and passed in. It's giving me anxiety just talking about it. <laughs> uh, quarter three. I think it was drop puck. Oh, yeah. It was like hockey, drop puck. So they would drop the ball, and then you would have the face off. And then for quarter four, I think it went back to mm-hmm. regular lacrosse it rules. Did. So obviously trying something different. And, uh, you know, you may not have liked it. I, I thought it was like... It's interesting. It's it's fun to see something... It's fun to see people get creative with sports, mm-hmm. especially like this. You know, you you obviously want to draw people. Well, change up the rules, add a couple, add some flair to the All-Star game. Because that, in that game, it doesn't affect anybody. It's mm-hmm. just... They're, they're just there to have fun, which I think is... Which I think was a good idea on their part. Absolutely. Not uh, embrace the fact that... It's just for fun. It's not. It's not gonna hurt any standings or anything. 
just let the guys have fun and enjoy themselves. And it looked like they were having a blast. Yeah, I think that the PLL did the best job of most of the main sporting leagues of really trying to make the All-Star game fun in something that you don't see every day. Because a lot of the leagues are going to that pickup style, but they really modified their rules. It only gives me anxiety just because I am a traditional kind of lacrosse guy and I uh, don't, it, it bothers me. It worries me that the goal, the goalie can just take it out of the net in the second quarter because and just pat and, and just move it. And it's just a fast break because a lot of those guys celebrate after every goal. And so it's just like a different thing to have to yeah, be used to. Yeah, it's like you can to. celebrate, but you got to be quick, yeah. and then you have to run back. It's and a quick high five, and then you're out of there. Yeah. Looking at Sports Illustrated, they they just recently produced an article uh, for it. Actually, I think it was on Sunday. Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. So right after the Premier Lacrosse League Championship, they dropped an article pretty much saying, you know, what's next? And they talked about exactly what we were referencing with stadiums. Obviously, they don't have enough fans to fill a Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Denver. Mm-hmm. So, and, and even the article acknowledges, you know, it's strategic. St- strategically, they placed all the fans on one side, and and then they didn't really show the opposite side, yep. which looks better for, for video, uh, for photo ops, whatever. Which is true, yeah. They don't have the fans yet, but you you look at an outdoor league for lacrosse, and obviously they already don't have enough fans to fill up stadiums. Uh, the Denver Outlaws in Mile High, they only fill up one side of the stadium because they don't have. There's the fan base for lacrosse is not big enough to fill an arena. It's not like if you go watch an indoor lacrosse game, you fill up that arena. But mm-hmm. that, but it's completely different to what yeah, you would a- see for an outdoor lacrosse game. Completely different environment in the indoor game. And um, the only game that really ever gets sold out for the MLL is the 4th of July game for the Outlaws. And a lot of the people who go, it's just an excuse to do, or not an excuse, but it's something to do on 4th of July. And so a lot of people just go to have fun and not necessarily know, they don't necessarily know a ton about lacrosse. So... Yeah, and in the sports in the Sports Illustrated article, uh, Rabel was asked, you know, what when what do you look forward to in the future? And quoted from Rabel, as we look towards the future, we're going to continue to elevate elevate the ways we can improve, from game coverage to corporate partners to the fan experience, and of course the on product the on field product. You know, we weren't expect we weren't anticipating expanding this early in our life cycle. They're already talking about expanding, and they just finished mm-hmm. one season. Um, That's what I like to hear. Uh, but given the aforementioned, given the aforementioned, you know, uh, the viewership and you know the fan, the aforementioned like fan base that they grew over one season, um, we know you know we're planning to run cru- critical analytic and analysis, you know, and know what we're gonna do by the end of the year, which is good. Because we're in September, so if, at least if by December you have a plan, Rabel goes on to say that um, they're going to look for they're going to look to upgrade it, upgrade in with their strategy. So they're going to try and get work out a deal with their with NBC to 
get more evening games and night network games uh, into the time slots so they can have increased viewership. They want to integrate partnerships with youth, youth lacrosse tournaments and leagues that so would they be can fun. play a tour schedule, uh, plan a conflict. You know, now they have to figure out anything, if there's going to be any conflicts with a youth circuit to maximize person attendance for each city. Uh, New York attendance obviously was higher uh, in the September games, but when mm, the PLL sense. first visited at the beginning, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as big, but they were just starting. So the growth was there, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of ways to look at it. And the league wants to change ticketing strategies, add more talent to teams, and all as they consider to expand ahead of schedule. And, I mean, th- this is great. I, I'm interested. I didn't get to go to the uh, PLL in Denver this past summer, but I want to – that's going to be a goal of mine for next summer is I'm going to go to Dick Sporting Goods Park, my, uh, whatever the new Broncos stadium is called. I, yeah, I don't remember um, either. Uh, you know, whether it's there. But I'm going to go to one of those games, go to that, because a weekend of lacrosse, you know, it just reminds me of growing up when I was playing lacrosse. I was so upset when I missed this year's uh, PLL in, in Denver and because it, it was all because my friends decided that we were going camping that weekend and <laughs> wouldn't move it back. Oof. So I was a little heartbroken, but I'm incredibly happy to hear this because the biggest thing that piqued my interest right there was when you said they w- they're looking to add more talent. This league is already filled top to bottom with some of the world's best players. And if they add more talent to that, I think that they need to bring more teams in. And I wanted to discuss this with you earlier, and I told you that that I was going to ask you this question going into it. But do you think that the PLL needs to add more teams? Because I do, if they get more incredible talent. Okay, when it comes to this, how I see it working is... If you are gonna add talent, like you like you would want, you, I I want to see more teams, but I, my only concern with this is for now is just trying to find a balance. How many teams is gonna be too many at this point? Because uh, you don't want a situation where you're looking at the N- NLL, you have 13 teams. No, I'm just thinking well, like add two at the most. Okay, then yeah, I can. I would like to see those. I would like to see two more teams added if this is going to be the case. Um, you know, and Rabel, when he initially pitched this idea to investors and whatever, he gave them a 10 year plan. He, he's already got 10 years planned for this league. They're 10% done now. And so far, it's looking good for, you know, and there's, there's obviously a lot of work to be done. And Rabel, you know, uh, said they're beating projections and their investors are obviously happy. Uh, they have players who are seeming who they have limitless play talent. They can grab uh, what they can accomplish. And, you know, the fans are obviously keep go- coming and the viewership's rising. Uh, they're not going to stop. And again, he says the expectation of the sport is to exceed expectations to outperform and we're focused on doing that this offseason which we've dubbed internally our on season which is going to be <laughs> kind of a weird term but you know what i i like it because if you're gonna 
if you're looking to expand like he's already said Mm -hmm. you need to you need to be on top of it you need to be like okay we're expanding we need two more teams uh adjust some rules maybe add to the rosters because and we were talking about this um a couple days ago it's it's funny to me that lacrosse is pretty much the only sport in america that has three different leagues that you could go to and become a pro Mm-hmm. You have the MLL, PLL, and the NLL. Indoor, outdoor, outdoor lacrosse. So guys can go from pretty much come from pretty much anywhere and be a star. Yep. And so there's a lot of opportunities. And when you look at it like this, especially considering how big this league already grew just from one season. You know, if I'm a lacrosse player, I'd rather go here because you're, you're, cause oh, your yeah. fan base is going to be bigger. You're, you know, you're going to be treated fairly. And that and that was one of the reasons Rabel started this mm-hmm. was, you know, he felt like they were being treated poorly and they and he didn't really care for it. So he figured, okay, we'll make this league and the tagline again for the players, by the players. Mm-hmm. So it really works out in the end. Yeah. I would much rather play in the PLL, especially because it doesn't limit your ability to go back and play in the indoor league, the NLL. You can still do both, which most players in the MLL do. Yeah. You can still do both and get, and it can be like your full-time job to just play lacrosse, but you're also getting health benefits from the PLL, Mm -hmm. which the MLL does not have. Yep. And it's you can invest in the league you can invest in the league and the talent is much better you're gonna you're gonna get more opportunities to be a household name if that's what you're after in this league i mean look at trevor baptiste du guy was known throughout the country for his face-off talent the guy is a monster at face-offs he he won the face-off uh of the face like face-off man of the of the year year award for the pll and you know that name in itself already holds a lot of merit to it. Garrett Eppel, defensive player of the year, or defensive player runner up of the year. He should have been the play defensive player of the year. I agree, but well, we could talk about that all day. <laughs> yes, we could. You know, again, household name. He's already built a following. Matt Rambo, MVP championship mvp and stop put your hands down (laughs) (laughs) smack you here and you know and uh, again like you know all and all these guys have a story for Mm -hmm. you know for coming here and you know matt rambo in the championship story of that could not never won in florida never won a championship or never couldn't win in florida couldn't win in philadelphia jeez couldn't win in philadelphia (laughs) It's okay, Jerry. It's fi- okay. Finally gets a championship. So they the PLL has a lot going for him. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was cool watching this season as it progressed, they had a lot of tutorials. Did you notice that? They dropped yes. tutorials for with players. Like mm-hmm. they had one with Matt Rambo. This is how you're going to do a sidestep, a sidestep shot. And you know it's literally it's literally them in slow motion. Like once you hit this cert, once you hit this point, switch hands and take a step to your left or your right, mm-hmm. and then fire and stuff like that. 
Trevor Baptiste did one for face-offs. Ryan Brown did one for shooting. Ryan Brown did one for that shooting. That was my favorite one. Because Ryan Brown is easily the best shooter in lacrosse. Just in, in the world today. And the way that they did it, he goes through his form, how he gets better at shooting, which is, I believe I haven't seen it in the second because they didn't do it at halftime this week. Mm-hmm. But he does the clock shooting, which is one o'clock is the top, the middle of the crossbar, and he goes around. But he shoots with his – he shoots overhand, sidearm, underhand, and then he switches up each release after. And it's just crazy to watch what the best in the world do in the game because I played for 12 years, but I could never do what Ryan Brown does. Yeah. And – I I played lacrosse for seven years, and I mean, I was a goalie, so I didn't. I never needed to do what Ryan Brown did. But you see these kinds of things. Speaking of shooting, hundred and seven mile an hour oh shot. Goodness. I the I don't remember it, who had it, but it was a defense. It was mm-hmm. a long stick midi or defenseman mm-hmm. for the Redwoods, and they sc- scored on the goal. That's the, another interesting thing with the PLL was they showed. For shots that were quick, you would see the slow motion, and they would tell you, "Be like this ball was released at this, this mile an hour." Mm-hmm. You look at these numbers. Obviously, they have more power to give because they they're with the they have the stick, and you know you you have the follow through six feet, yeah, extra pull. Yeah, but I mean, a hundred seven—that's a rarity. That's ridiculous. That's a rarity in lacrosse, and you see, and there was a. There were several shots that reached 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Then moving and moving back to like their how tos at at the end of the season, Trevor Baptiste did a whole. I don't I don't know what you would call it like a move like documentary movie yeah. or something. I think it it was like it was like following the championship and mm-hmm. the PLL and it was Trevor Baptiste and another player and it's just pretty much them, pretty much vlogging the tournament. Yeah, it was. I actually really liked that. Yeah. P- the PLL season's over. Me and Josh are sad. I'm this, really this sad. Was such, this was such a great season to watch. And, I mean, I look forward to next season. It's it's going to be even better. So, What are we going to do until then, Jerry? We have the NLO. It's have, not good enough. It's not good enough. <laughs> we can pay for NBC Gold and just go rewatch all the PLL games. I'll debate it. I'll debate it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, Josh, thank you for joining me. Of course. Uh, this has been for a, having me. Yeah. This has been a special edition of Wired Up. I'm Jerry Peralta, Josh Coleman, and we'll see you guys.